Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Savvy Citizen. This is Adam Gobb, or is it? Just kidding. It's Elizabeth McGee with co-host Josh Braswell. And today we are speaking with Sergeant Tom Avery about the special investigations unit he leads that heads up the counterfeit goods investigations in Gaston County. We also chat about identity theft, what it is and how to prevent it. Welcome back to another episode of Savvy Citizen. I am Elizabeth McGee, and I'm here with Josh Braswell, my co-host, as well as Sergeant Tom Avery. Um, And we're going to talk about counterfeit goods and identity theft protection. Sounds good. (laughs) So um, I heard that your unit got some special uh, commendations from the Secretary of State Elaine Marshall's office. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, We were, uh, me personally, I was the officer of the year with the Secretary of State. Congratulations. That's been been some time ago, so (laughs) (laughs) showing my age. But uh, the uh, gentlemen that are working for me now on that task force, they've also been recognized uh, by her personally, and it's been a good thing. And it's the the thing that you were recognized for was about um, identifying counterfeit goods. But counterfeit goods, correct. Okay, cool. So tell us a little bit about what that actually means. I know what a counterfeit good is, right. but like, are we talking about money or more than just that? Um, we don't actually mess with the money part of it. Okay. The, the money falls under uh, Secret Service. Um, we deal in counterfeit goods. And whenever I say it could be anything... Yeah, you name it, they counterfeit it. So, what are the most counterfeited goods? It depends on where you are. I got to imagine like fake designer like brands. handbags. Sure. <laughs> oh yeah, those absolutely are. Uh, the handbags and stuff are, um, but it, it's also everyday items. Uh, Tide clothes washing liquid. How does that work? Do they make do? <laughs> is it a fake? Another brand that they're <laughs> no. marketing is no. They will actually attempt to sell it as Tide, but Procter and Procter and Gamble they're the ones that own Tide. Um, we actually can take samples of it and send to them, and they will come back with a nice analysis to tell us that no, that's fake. Oh wow! Duracell is another one. Batteries and stuff that get counterfeited a lot. Um, really, when I say any product can be, it really can. Uh, the ones that we see the most, though, probably like your Louis Vuitton purses, Coach, Prada, things of that nature. We get a, we do get a lot of those. Rolex, different things. So how does this work? Are people, are you relying mostly on tips to find out about these things? Or do you have actually officers going out and looking for counterfeit goods? It, it, it's both. Okay. It, it is both. Um, it used to be uh, I've, been, I've been part of this task force for about 18 years now. Mm-hmm. So it used to be that they had warehouses here that contained a lot of the things, whereas now a lot of it is getting drop shipped from China. So they will uh, pick off DHL shipments. Um, U.S. Customs will do that, things to that nature. Is there, this might be a stupid question, but no. is there a distinction between something that is truly a counterfeit good versus something that is just a knockoff of something? There's a huge distinction. One is illegal, one is not. So uh, if you, for instance, used, um, let's just say, Energizer on a battery, well, obviously Energizer itself is, is a trademark symbol. But at the same time, other things are also trademarked that you maybe don't realize, like Duracell, for instance, if it's two-thirds black, one-third copper, that's a violation of the trademark. So that would also be, so there's, 
there's trademarks that counterfeited, like Louis Vuitton, things to that nature. And then there's, I guess you would say, things that look similar but do not violate their trademark because they don't actually use or they don't actually violate the actual trademark, like the LV on the bag or the coach name. So it'll look like it, but those are, I guess you'd say, uh, knockoff, but they are not counterfeit. So counterfeit is something that's intentionally saying, like, we are Louis Vuitton. You are Louis Vuitton. You are whatever it may be. Whatever the uh, name brand is, Nike shoes, that's a huge one. So, yep, they, they will have it, and they'll look good. Some of them will fool you. Uh, AirPods, that's another big thing. Um, any When I say anything can be counterfeited, we have literally seen it all, and we have seen it in this county also. It's not it's not like this is going on somewhere else. Everything that I'm telling you, we've seized here. We've seized counterfeit batteries, like literally double-A batteries. They, and it's kind of funny how you can tell that they're counterfeit. We seized a bunch of Duracell. So we were the, the packaging was excellent on them. Uh, we started pulling them out, and you could take the battery and actually squeeze it, and it would actually squish into it. It, it was made out of such bad materials that it would squish. Now it would still power a device for a short period of time, but I wouldn't want to put it in my Walkman. I'm afraid it'd blow up on my hip or something. Yeah, that has to be a safety hazard. <laughs> so the same way with it definitely the, is. I'm assuming the selling of like the Tide and stuff as well could potentially it, be one hundred percent. It it could be because if you have a kid with allergies, for instance, you have to use a specific brand of washing liquid. Well, that's a big problem. So yeah, it definitely certainly could be. I never thought about it that way. It, I don't want to make everybody paranoid. Doug. Right. You know, you're not big companies, Walmart, Target, things like that. They're going to have quality controls in place that are going to prevent them from getting in their supply. Mm-hmm. But if you go to the flea market or you see somebody selling it on the side of the road that says, hey, this is gain, this is tied, be careful. If the deal is too good to be true, it's too good to be true. That's mm. that's really old advice, but really true advice. So where are they getting it from? Uh, is it being sold to them as a counterfeit good? Usually they know. Now I want to I want to be cautious when I say that because there are some legitimate mom and pop businesses. Uh, Yeti, y'all know what Yetis are. Yep. We had an influx of counterfeit Yetis. Um, seems like about four years ago. And they were getting them sent to them from what they thought were reputable vendors. Of course, they were out of China. They get them sent to them. They look legitimate. They're selling them on their shelves. They're selling them for the proper price, but they're completely counterfeit. So we did run into that. Now, in situations like that where we know this person literally has no idea this is counterfeit, well, you know, we'll seize the goods, give them a cease and desist order from the companies, and uh, they always cooperate. So. So you mentioned the task force. Can you talk a little bit about about who's on that task force and what they Um, actually do? Yeah. Uh, Secretary of State's agents, they actually have counterfeit trademark agents, um, officers from all over the state, and we travel all over the state. We've been to Murphy, North Carolina, where they caught uh, Eric Rudolph. We've been there. I didn't catch Eric Rudolph. I don't want to make a (laughs) a distinction there. We've just been there. Yeah. Uh, We've done operations up there to – the coast. So we've been all over and had, had had a lot of fun over the years, but my guys now are taking care of it. I'm, I'm kind of sitting here supervising things. So I don't get to have as much fun as they do, but, but I am the old <laughs> experienced guy in the room and we do have a lot of fun with it. 
How many people are on your team doing counterfeit investigations? In our department, there's three. Mm-hmm. Uh, it four including myself. Uh huh. And are you fully dedicated to no. counterfeit? I assumed not. <laughs> no. no, I am a road sergeant. I absolutely love it. I love my job. Um, this is uh, the counterfeiting is kind of a side thing that we do. Okay, on top of the regular. <laughs> on top of the regular. On top of the regular. So let's talk a little bit more about those other things because I mm-hmm. know that you also do some work with identity protection. Well, um, identity, are you talking about identity? Identity theft protection. Yeah. Identity theft is obviously a huge problem right now. Um, and I'm sure y'all look at uh, social media, Facebook, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And you see people or you see things on there all the time. Oh, I just got called by this telemarketer, they they say, or this. Um, And you really have to be careful because a lot of those that are going on now are absolute hoax. And me, police officer, been doing this over 20 years. My phone rings the other day. And it is a voice recording that says your power will be terminated. You're talking about your home power will right. be cut off due to non-payment, and they want you to press a button. And if you do, you go on there and talk to somebody, and they want you to get them gift cards and things to that nature. You know, if Duke Energy's calling you, they're going to say it's Duke Energy. Right. <laughs> there, there are things they're going to they're going to do. So please do not get caught up in those. Do, do not let yourself become a victim of that kind of thing. Uh, the odds of you winning a sweepstakes for something you have not entered are slim to none. So, And there are certain ways that they're going to contact you. Uh, same thing with the IRS, things of that nature. There, there are things they're going to do. They are going to be official. So don't let yourself be fooled by that kind of thing. Um, are those kinds of scams... Is there a seasonal aspect to them? I mean, I know they happen all the time, but is there an uptick of them like around the holidays? You know, that is an excellent question. And the answer is it depends. So if you're looking at an IRS scam, it may be closer to tax season. Right. Um, but whenever I say there's scams that, that that people will do, they'll call and tell you, you know, your sibling has been arrested. Send, go get gift cards and give me the Apple uh, number off the back of the Apple card, things to that nature. And, I don't want anyone to fall victim to those because it, 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 they can be convincing. And I'm not saying that they can't, but if you use common sense with it, you should be okay. So one trick that someone taught me is uh-huh. if you're ever slightly suspicious, you get a right. phone call, you're not sure if it's actually your power company or actually right. the IRS, you can just hang up. Mm-hmm call look look up the number yes. to the IRS call that number and and just pick up where you left off with the conversation because Absolutely. if it's a legitimate call then correct. you know it doesn't matter which customer representative you talk to on the phone <laughs> you're correct no that is perfect advice i could not have said it any better myself call yeah. the legitimate company they will know if you have not paid your power bill Duke Energy will know you have not paid your power. Yeah, and it's never going to be that much of an emergency where, like, you can't hang up and call back (laughs) in one minute. I actually, I also had a a phone call sometime last year that almost got me. It was a a voicemail left on my my voicemail box, and it was um, uh, someone from the sheriff's department in Robeson County, which I actually had just driven through. And Uh so I thought, oh, no, I 
did something uh-huh. and they caught me doing something. I don't know what I did. But the voicemail was like, it was a little jar jarbled and like confusing. I didn't right. fully understand what he said, but there was something about a relative of mine had died and I needed to call because she, I was left either with some money or I needed mm-hmm. to sign some paperwork because I was the only one listed as next of kin. Mm-hmm. So I I called the Robus. I did not call the number left on my voicemail. I looked up the number to Robeson County Sheriff's Department, called it, and sure enough, right. no one had any idea of an officer <laughs> with that name, and right. uh, they had no idea what I was talking about, and it was that is so smart by yeah. you though and you picked up on that and and you did absolutely the right thing do it that way um we're never going to call you on the phone and threaten you right. for money that's my not heart was happen. pounding i right. was just it seemed legitimate in the right. at, at first glance but uh, but yeah, it, it doesn't matter who you are. It can always. It can happen to anyone. Yeah. It really can. And it can happen to really smart people or really not smart people. It can happen to elderly people. It can happen to young people. Mm-hmm. So anyone can be fooled. So don't don't think you're an exception to it. Yeah. Just use use common sense. Yeah. Do like you said, you know, call the, if, it, if it's the IRS, you can call their number. Yeah. But, you know, they, they can, they can, and they're never going to ask for things like, uh, the biggest thing recently has been gift cards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the IRS doesn't deal in mm. gift cards. Why so. is it that they want gift cards? They're always asking for gift cards. Yeah, they're not traceable. Okay. So, uh, I mean, if if I were, for instance, to go to Walgreens up the road here and pick up a, an I, iTunes or whatever gift card and send you the number, you're just going to use it. And Apple's very protective over their stuff. They're not going to tell you who it is. So uh, they'll also do Western Union transfers, things to that nature, and those do happen. But, you know, if they're sending it to whatever Asian country or a country in East Africa or something, you know, the odds of us being able to deal with them directly Mm. is slim to none. Mm. So Let's fast forward. What if I accidentally fall for something like this? What's the next step? If you accidentally fall for it, I would say the first thing you should do. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're probably going to get online. You're probably going to be doing other things. Call us. Let's, let us walk you through, through the process. Um, and let's work from there because I'm guessing the officer is probably going to know more about it than the typical citizen. So if you'll just allow us to walk you through the process – Maybe we can help you. Maybe mm-hmm. we can help get the money back. Uh, a lot of times it's really difficult. But even if you think you are, it, let's just say you think you're maybe getting scammed. Mm-hmm. And you've called the number, but there's things that seem legitimate about it. Go ahead and call us. Uh, yeah. uh, and, and sometimes people say, well, you know, we don't want to bother the police for this. That's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. We will serve you. I promise. We want to. This is, this is our passion. Can I call like nine one one or is there a non emergency number? You know, if I only call nine one one for emergencies, yeah. obviously. <laughs> yes. There is seven zero four eight six six thirty three hundred. Okay. That is our non emergency number. And they are great ladies up there and gentlemen that'll help you out and get you to us and uh-huh. we will be more than happy to help you. So like but what are the kind of things that you need to do if you know that if you think that you've been a victim of identity theft, we'll like call your bank? you're going you're going to do several steps to that you're going to for instance you're going to contact your bank you're going to contact the credit card uh, monitoring agencies um 
I, I don't know if you personally have it. I, I like using LifeLock. It's, I'm not trying to endorse any specific product. I know mm-hmm. there's a lot out there. Right. But it's just a smart thing to do. Um, another thing that I do on a personal level is um, credit. Watch your credit. Like I use Credit Karma. I keep it on my phone, the app. Keep an eye on your credit score because if your credit score suddenly drops 50 points, that's probably from purchases made, what, two months prior? Mm. So you're going to need to keep an eye on that kind of stuff. And if you do it yourself, um, and some people find out the hard way, they go to apply for a loan or whatever, and all of a sudden their credit goes from 800 to 650. Mm. Well, there's obviously an issue that happened that they had no idea about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, be safe with your information. Um, the IRS is not going to call you and ask for your Social Security number. They're, they're just not going to do that. They're going to have things on file. So we've talked about gift cards. Yes. Obviously yes, yes. personal information like social security number, but is there any other kind of information that is potentially sensitive that you should be hesitant to give out? Uh, you know, full name, date of birth, address, I'm hesitant on all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what about like your driver's license number? Uh, again, I, I would treat that like my social security number. Um, it is a unique identifier to you. So I would I would certainly do that. I would certainly keep that. Uh, and remember, whenever people are calling you and they are legit, they're going to have that stuff. Oh, yeah. Are you this person? Do you live at this address? Um, they will give you, for instance, the last four of your social, and you can confirm it, things to that nature. What is the most common way in which an identity is stolen? Is it through... I know uh, information has been... Uh, sensitive information can sometimes be gotten through right. like a, a business that you or a company that you do business with has been hacked or something and they'll get your information that way? Or is it through direct phone call scams or uh, phishing online? It's a a mixture of all, but I would have to say the, I would guess that the most common, at least in our area, is from other relatives. Oh, yeah. People that you know is is probably our most common. Um, But... Again, there is an awful lot, though, that does occur. It occurs online. Um, there's an awful lot that occur with the, uh, the telemarketer stuff. So whereas before, you know, before we had all the social media going on, before we had, there's so much shopping and stuff done online now. And not everyone is a reputable retailer. So we're starting to see more of that as we progress with time. That's really surprising to me that, it's a lot of, it's happening between people who know each other. Yeah. Uh, family members, things to that nature. Um, so what's like a kind of a typical scenario of when that might happen? Um, you may have um, someone with, and this is just a, for instance, a drug or substance abuse problem um, that will steal their identity to start purchasing things, get credit cards, make purchases, things mm-hmm. to that nature. And that's not, that's not every time. Right. But that's just a run of the mill. That mm-hmm. that is typically typically what we say. Yeah, you might not expect that. You, you know, <laughs> I guess it. I guess it depends on. I get they they always say every family has one person in that you just wouldn't trust. I mean, mm. I, and it's sad, but the drug, substance abuse, alcohol abuse, things of that nature, it affects everyone. It affects every family, right? And you just. You know, I don't, I'm not saying don't trust your relatives. Uh, I'm just right. saying, you know, be cautious with it. I wouldn't. Do you have I'll, to guard your <laughs> right? Guard your guard yourself. Yeah, I, I wouldn't leave papers laying out. You know, for instance, if you had 
somebody come over to your house like contractors or something doing work, you know, don't leave your bank statements out. Don't leave your, you know, your social security card. Just don't leave that stuff out, you know, yeah. put it away. And I know it seems simple, but if I, you know, if I walked in my house for right now, my wife would probably have some of our stuff out. So yeah, it's just, just something to think about. Um, getting back to the counterfeit goods. That's my special. Uh, Let's talk about it. Uh, how, how long does a typical investigation into a counterfeit good, or what does that look like? I mean, are you investigating? Like if you find somebody who, you know, they're on the side of the road and they're selling Tide and it's counterfeit Tide. Right. How do you proceed from there? So, you know, if it's a small amount, um, we're going to seize what they have. We're going to get in touch with people from Procter and Gamble, which those people are great to deal with. Um, you uh, send them a sample of the product. They get it turned around real quick. They show a chemical analysis that shows that this ain't tied. Uh, so take it to the court. We can charge them with the criminal offense then. Um, it depends on the company you're dealing with. Um, one that's great to deal with and one that I'm looking at this equipment here, and I'm sure you're going to have it all over, is Underwriters Laboratories, uh, UL. You've seen the UL on electronic stuff? Mm. Right. UL, right? Underwriters mm-hmm. Laboratory. So I don't think I even realized that was a brand. It, it, well, <laughs> see, it, it is actually a not-for-profit company, which what they do is they uh, take all these other companies and they certify them for safety. Oh. Okay. Christmas tree lights, right? Right. Gotcha. Okay. So we've got a live Christmas tree right at home. Some of us do. Some of us don't. But my house, we always have a live Christmas tree. <laughs> Well, if I get a counterfeit UL mark, which they do try to counterfeit those, um, and I put those lights on my tree, well, it has uh, less copper inside of it, no protection in the plastic. Electricity starts going through it. It's going to have to run faster because it's less copper in there. What happens when it goes faster? It gets hotter. What happens whenever heat hits that tree? Yeah, come Oof. closer to Christmas time when that thing's dried up. It'll dried up. It'll go up. <laughs> go up in a minute um there's been house fires over it um think about putting your uh, cell phone in your pocket for instance you know you got a samsung that's battery died on and you bought another samsung battery or whatever let's say it's counterfeit let's say you don't know that and it's in your pocket you know you're dealing with lithium and other products in there without the safety features that your batteries are going to have your reputable companies anything could happen so mm-hmm. Safety's a huge aspect with it. Uh, Underwriters Laboratories, though, fantastic company to work with. They are aggressive at finding their counterfeits. So. Is there a trend to counterfeit goods? I mean, is there, are we in a heyday for counterfeit items of a particular variety? <laughs> well, um, there's always trends. So, so anytime a hot item comes on the market, you know, whether it's uh, – we talked about Yetis earlier, you know, that that's going to be an item. and. And it may not hurt things. And people say, well, I'm going to get this purse, for instance. I'm going to get this Louis Vuitton purse. And this Louis Vuitton purse doesn't hurt anybody. And they legitimately believe that. But let's back up for a second. Where does it come from? Where are the funds that you're spending? What do they support? Hmm. So interesting fact, we had an FBI guy come into a training probably 15 years ago. He was talking about the first World Trade Center bombing back before the you know the Twin Towers went down. Like of ninety course. or ninety one. Yeah, like it was that. way back then. But apparently, that was funded, or those guys were funded, was selling counterfeit Nike T-shirts on the streets of actually Washington D.C. Wow! Oh my goodness. Of all things, and I 
I obviously had no idea, but he mm -hmm. swore to it. You know, this is where these guys made the money, got their funds to pull this off. So you, when you deal with Interpol and stuff and you go through their training, they kind of teach you where the, where the actual funds come from. And a lot of it gets funneled through Asia. A lot of it gets fun, funneled through organized crime because it's the profit margin is really high and the risk is really low. Mm. So if I'm going to risk uh, narcotics or something, that's a pretty heavy fine, to, you know, especially in some of those countries. You spend life in prison. But counterfeit goods, probably not. So they're actually funneling a lot of money through with that stuff. So it's just something to think about. You don't necessarily, well, yes, it may not hurt anybody you holding that purse. Right. Um, you know, there is a brand integrity thing, and there's a risk of where those funds are going to. Um, personally, I just recommend don't do it. It's really not worth going out you know i mean if, if if the name brand's that big of a deal to you then save your money mm. so are, is there any like repercussions if you're a consumer and you know that you're buying a counterfeit good it, it, it's a crime if that's what you're asking it is yeah. a misdemeanor crime but we're looking for where it's coming from uh -huh. um a consumer a consumer should know better. Whenever you, you just you really can't buy a Louis Vuitton purse for twenty five dollars. You just can't. They just yeah. don't sell them for that. So, and I get if you you know some people have to have it and they get that in their mind, but it's really not worth it. You do not know what had to happen to get that to you. And you know if you think about the consequences that someone may have had to pay for you to have that, is it worth it? And I think if most most people would logically think about it and morally they would say it's you know it's it's not wrong it's stealing there's there's no other way to look at it you're taking someone else's intellectual property. A little while back you mentioned Interpol training. Interpol. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about so what that was like doing training with Interpol? So Underwriters Laboratories is actually who set it up with with Interpol and it takes forever. It's called um they call it a college or something or a university I think is what they actually call it. Um, but you go through just modules and modules and modules of training. And most of Interpol's is actually focused on international. So I'm not looking at it necessarily because they're looking at it from a money laundering perspective, human trafficking perspective. All of these things are connected, and you just don't think that they are. But counterfeit goods is such a a niche market for them, and they, they do really well at it. And they, they profit quite a bit from it. Things that you just don't realize. So how is counterfeit good connected to human trafficking mm -hmm. and money laundering? Perfect question. <laughs> Anything that you do with that is going to have to be financed, correct? Right. So drug dealing, for instance, obviously, there's a high return on that. Um, for them, they're looking at about a 400% return. Wow. So, and, and that's on narcotics. And it depends on which one, some higher than others. Mm -hmm. Counterfeit goods. Typically, they are looking, and this is before shipping, so I don't know their shipping cost, yeah. but typically they are looking at about an 800% profit. Oh, my gosh. So think about it this way. If Let's we go back to this Louis Vuitton or Coach purse. Okay. All right. So this is a $1,000 purse, right? And we're going to sell it for 50 bucks. They're making it for four. <laughs> they're, they're making it for next to nothing. 
and then they're shipping them over here a hundred at hundred at a time, and they're letting you take the risk of selling them or whoever take the risk of selling them. And uh, people people think that there's nothing. Oh, there's nothing wrong with this right here. But you do that a couple thousand times a day all over the world. You think about the resources that you're going to get from that, and you're not shipping heroin, which is, you know, it's noticeable. Mm-hmm. Heroin people notice that, right? Somebody standing on the street corner selling Nike tennis shoes, Louis Vuitton purses. A lot of police don't know what to charge. Right. I mean, the way that's why they have people like us, especially that that can come in and say, "Hey, this is what we got to do with this." So uh-huh. people people are just um, they're ignorant of the facts whenever it comes to this kind of thing. Can Can you just ship counterfeit goods? Like, I mean, you can't ship drugs, so it's like I'm assuming Absolutely. it's easier to get them through ports and get them through mail. It, it probably. is. Well, and, and don't misunderstand; they do ship a lot of drugs. Oh. <laughs> a lot of them get caught, but they do. You know, they do get through. I don't want there to be a mistake there. But the answer is: Can you ship it? Absolutely, you can ship them. Is it illegal? Absolutely, it's illegal. Do they do it every day? Absolutely, they do it every day. Mm-hmm. So. To, to answer your question, yes. And you got to think about how hard this stuff is to, to identify. If I, haven't, if I had not worked for, for years with Procter & Gamble or, or Energizer or these companies and had been specialized trained, how would I know? They look so good. Some of them look so authentic. That a, a layman would have no idea. Um, whenever my wife and I go, you know, go shopping, we like to go antique and stuff to that nature right there. But anytime we're out, you know, flea markets, whatever, we will look and I'll be like, "All right, tell me what's counterfeit on this table. <gasps> <laughs> tell me what. Tell me what's. Tell me what's bootleg. Tell me what's not." Um, whenever we first got into it, um, and. You'll, you'll laugh, but it was, it was CDs and DVDs. Mm-hmm. And I know there's anything anymore. I get that. <laughs> but CDs and DVDs were a huge thing back then. Right. And um, we, we, we seized millions of them. Uh, the recording industry, the motion picture industry, they were great to deal with. Of course, now everything's online. But uh, back then, that's how we got our start in this. So, Can you list a couple of examples of counterfeit items that people might not be aware are counterfeited? I want to say it was about 14 years ago. We got a bunch of uh, counterfeit auto parts in. It, huh. People don't think about counterfeit auto parts, right? Right. But things like uh, windshields, uh, th- this particular one we've seized, windshields and brake pads. Uh, this particular brand was uh, AC Delco, which went on GM products. We seized it coming in. But like the windshields, they didn't have the... the um, the plastic thing between it. So it would literally just smash in, <gasps> but it said, you know, it said on it, you know, the uh, GM products or AC Delco, that kind of things. But yeah, absolutely. That stuff comes in every day. Um, now, as far as Gaston County, we just happened to catch that one and get lucky at coming in. Most of your reputable places, they're not going to be subjected to that. So, mm-hmm. but all these companies, they have, they have so many just magnificent ways to to mark their product. They have like micro thread and stuff in there. In oh their, yeah, oh yeah, it's so neat, man. They they are absolute. They are absolutely wonderful at at protecting their brand because they have a brand that they want to protect. And hey, I get it. 
But but the things that they do to make sure that their stuff is, is protected, it's really amazing. And you'd really, if you get into it and if you you, uh, you get into the way they do their holograms and, and different things like that, it is, it is really a neat industry. Prior to this conversation, I mean, when I think of counterfeit goods, I initially <laughs> think of like, uh, you know, like the designer brand the designer type brand, stuff. The t-shirt at a concert, something the, like that. Counterfeiting house like regular household items. Absolutely. It's kind of a new one. Yeah. It, oh yeah. Procter and Gamble gets ripped off every day. Uh, they they are and their 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 products are supreme quality. They really are. Um and it trust me, if there's a profit to be made, they will counterfeit it. I can guarantee you of that. As long as there's a profit, they'll counterfeit it. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Have I enlightened you a little bit? You, yes. Absolutely, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I came into this conversation not knowing much, and I'm definitely going to be on the lookout for counterfeit windshields. Suspicious of everything. Suspicious <laughs> of everything. Now, see, I don't want to make it. Don't go into Target thinking you're going to find a bunch of counterfeit. You're not, okay? <laughs> so, uh, you know, obviously, just be cautious. If the deal's too good to be true, um, Christmas gifts, you know, things like that are coming up. If somebody's selling Apple products or an ear pods or something online and it says, you know, it says Apple, but they're selling them for half of what the retail would be, they're probably counterfeit. And and think about this. They're putting an unprotected battery in their ears. And these are your kids. You obviously get a legitimate product. Don't don't do that. Go to one of your reputable uh, dealers and, and, and get it from them. Get it from your Target, your Walmart, wherever you want. Just... Be careful buying stuff like that. Well, thank awesome. you so much. Thank you. You're welcome so much. I'm gonna I'm gonna send y'all all kinds of uh, counterfeit materials now, so y'all can read up on it and learn. Okay. It. Yeah. <laughs> not counterfeit materials. No, I'm materials not about yeah, no, no, materials no, no, no. about counterfeit uh, materials about counterfeit. <laughs> so y'all can read up on it. It's been You're gonna great. try to trick us. <laughs> oh no, no, I would never do that. Never do that. Well, thank you. Thank you so thank much. You. I appreciate it.